Rejoice, oh Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good. Amen is right. Thank you, Tony and Deb. Thank you for that. Let's pray as we get into the Word of God this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done and ask that you guide and direct us as we look to your Word and help us to um, apply what we learn to our lives and, and simply the reality. Help us to apply the fact that the Word is, is crucial for our growth and 
our ability to stand firm in you. Um, we thank you, Lord, for uh, your Holy Spirit who guides, directs, comforts, and leads uh, us every day, every moment, and who uses the word. And so help us to understand um, how important it is to have this continual relationship with you as we spend time in prayer and in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to encourage you all to remember that we will have a missionary next week, and then in a couple weeks we'll have another missionary come and share with us. And um, as we look at, at the world today, it's important not only to see the issues here at home and the need for the word of God here at home, but abroad. We need it throughout the world. Continue to press forward, uh, trying to share the gospel with people. And we're going to spend our time just briefly in 2 Timothy 2.15 here this morning. We're going to continue kind of may, possibly more of a, uh, a Sunday school outline, <laughs> maybe more of a, a style of Sunday school teaching this morning than, than of preaching. But we're going to continue uh, looking at the Word of God and how the Word of God is a blessing for us, that God has blessed us with His Word. And for some of you... I just want to uh, make note that for me, it's always been good for me to write things down, and so I try to encourage that um, in the bulletin. We have a bulletin insert, and, and uh, it always helps me with what weak memory I have to at least be able to fill in, in the lines. And so when you look at the projector here, we'll have words highlighted or underlined, and those are the fill-in-the-blank words within the, uh, the bulletin insert there for you. Um, but as we begin, uh, my hope in this series is, is to help us all understand uh, not only the Word of God, but where it is, our teachers and myself, uh, where we come from as we study the Word and try to prepare for, for lessons, as we try to prepare um, to preach the Word and to understand the Word. And, and a lot of this could fall under bibliology, the study of the Word of God, knowing how we can trust the Word of God, knowing... Uh, how we got the Word of God, as well as Bible study methods, hermeneutics, or exegesis, uh, the, the proper Bible study methods, that is. And so we're just going to briefly touch on that, but the main or thought or core understanding we need to have is that the Word of God is totally sufficient for every need of man. It is totally sufficient for every need that we have. It might be said that, that sometimes when we're looking at life that God, uh, God doesn't share with us all the answers we want, but he does give us all the answers we need. Sometimes we want more than what we think is in here, and in those moment we need, moments we need to stop and wait of course, pray, but rest upon the Lord and what he has given us. And so God doesn't always share with us all the answers we want, but he does give us all the answers we need. And we have to often just rest in his revealed word, rest in the details that he has already given us, and understand that the word of God and through his Holy Spirit, he can give us great comfort, even if we don't have all the answers uh, to the details uh, of the issues that we're facing. Um, we could say it this way, you know, might, might try to drag a friend along to go swimming and, 
and they may tell us, oh, I have a health issue, but do we need to know what that health issue is? No, we don't always need to know. Or maybe it's our child who we try to tell, hey, don't touch the stove, it'll burn you. And we try to explain all the little details or even the scientific reasons of why you shouldn't touch the stove, but it still might not be sufficient for the child, and the child still touches the stove. Hopefully, we are not that child that wants to touch the stove, although we all do it. We all dabble a little bit in the things the Bible says not to do, and we come back and say, ooh, yeah, <laughs> the Word of God was right. I shouldn't have done that. Hopefully, we will rest, learn to rest and trust in the Word of God. With that being said, there's a lot that we miss in the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you to continue to study the Word of God. And as, as we walked away from the sermon last week, hopefully uh, one of the things that stuck out for you or one of the applications for you was, hey, couples, let's be and study in the Word of God together. Families, parents, spend time in the Word of God with your children. Individuals, we need to be in the Word. We can never, ever spend too much time in the Word of God. And so with that, we want to come back and talk about, or I want to come back and talk about why we study the Bible and how we can try to glean all we can glean from the very Word of God and this means that we, we do not seek to know past what the revealed intent of God is or that we try to read into the Word of God that, that is eisegesis or try to place something into the Word of God. That's our understanding, but that we're drawing from the Word of God what, what God intends for us to understand, okay? And so again, with all that being said, <laughs> the believer must seek to be a student of God's word, receptive to his transformational conviction. That is to say, the believer should expect to gain transformational truth from God's word. Or that God's communication to us is transformational. And so the picture, hopefully, that you're getting that we talked about last Sunday is that the Word of God is given for our transformation and not just for our information. For our transformation, not just for our information. But we need to understand what it's saying. We need to understand the information that's coming out of the Word and allow God to transform us through His Holy Spirit. So with all that, we should go to the Word of God, right? So let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15. Hopefully this is a verse for those of you who have been in church all your life that you've memorized. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting it straight. That is, we need to be a student of the Bible. And here, yes, he's speaking to Timothy. He is a leader uh, within a church, someone that, Pete, or that Paul had ministered to, who had discipled, who had invested time in. And he's saying, we need to be diligent to study the Word of God, being approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. If we are in a relationship with the Lord, Jesus Christ, we will be sensitive to his leading 
and we will do all that he asks us to do or guides us or leads us to do, right? Sometimes we want to get and, and write down succinct little notes saying, you sh- if you're a believer, you should do this, 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 this. Well, some of that might be true or all of it might be true, but if we're not listening to the Spirit, we're messed up. But if we think we're listening to the Spirit and we're never in the Word of God, we're very messed up. Okay? You cannot be sensitive to the Holy Spirit if you're not in the Word of God. Now, you cannot know what the Lord wants you to be doing or what you have. You may not know what you have if you're not in the Word of God. And so a challenge for us is that we would be students of God's Word. Now, as we go through this, uh, a proper Bible study method would be understand the context of the verse that I was just talking through, but we're not going to do that today. We're going to kind of do a, a topical study this morning. But what I want you to see, what the Bible does teach us, is that His Word is totally sufficient. Totally sufficient. I forgot to give you that little quote there, sorry. But God's Word is totally sufficient. What does that mean? That means God's Word stands alone as infallible. The Bible stands alone as God's infallible Word. Now, fallible means prone to mistakes or able to have a mistake. Infallible means there are no mistakes in the Word of God. The Word of God is true. Or God's Word claims even it itself claims its veracity. That is, that it is totally, completely true. Second Peter, write down Second Peter one twenty one, a, a verse we went to last week. Second uh, Peter one twenty one says, "For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God." So the Word of God is inspired. It is God-breathed. God moved the men who wrote this Scripture to put down exactly what He wanted them to put down without limiting their individual styles. Okay? It is inspired. 2 Timothy Timothy 3.15-17 says, And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And what it says there in verse 17, it's not just for our information, Timothy. Even though you grew up knowing the Old Testament, now you know all that Jesus had done, and you know, therefore, the New Testament's teaching, you are able to go out to do what God wants you to do, not to sit back and say, oh, yeah, I know this, I know that. Hey, this all makes sense to me, and yet you're not living it. You're not out there doing what God has called you to do. But we're not going to really care if we don't first come to the reality that God's word is inspired. So even in verse 16 and 17, he says, all scripture, that is all of the canon of scripture, Genesis to Revelation, as we know it, 
is inspired by God in the original manuscript. And what we have today, which I'm not going to get into quite yet, we can trust completely and thoroughly. But it is God-breathed. And so from last week, we talked about inspiration. Just a a quick review. B.B. Warfield said, The Bible is the Word of God in such a way that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Okay? That's what we're getting here. Getting at. We can trust the Word of God to be exactly what God wanted us to hear. God is speaking to us through His Word. So it is inerrant. That is, without error, Jesus even verifies this. Uh, With a limited time this morning, you might have to just write these down in this verse. You should probably memorize. But Jesus verifies its infallibility. So John 17, 17, Jesus, when he was uh, praying his high priestly prayer, he said to the Father, sanctify them in truth, your word is true truth in his high priestly prayer that is a title we give it he's praying to the father on behalf of the disciples on behalf of of those who would come to believe in him and so that's why we title it that but he's just simply praying to the father to sanctify them in truth your word is what truth um and other passages, and I'm going to just throw these out at you, okay? Matthew 15, 3 and 6. Matthew 15, 3 and 6 is Jesus uh, debating the religious leaders, and he, he's, he's telling the religious leaders, as some of us look today, and, and Luke as well, there's other passages that we could look at that Jesus is telling them that the Word of God, that the Old Testament is greater than the religious leaders' traditions, Okay? In Matthew 5, 15, 3 and 6. And in Matthew 4, 4, remember when Jesus, he, he, he went out after he was baptized into the wilderness and, and he was fasting and praying. And at the end of this time when he was weak, the, Satan came before him and was tempting him. And in Matthew 4, 4, and as through the whole passage, he says, it is written. It is written, Right? The Old Testament is authoritative. That is, Jesus understood that the Old Testament was to be obeyed, and Jesus is using it to point out to Satan that, no, this is not right. I'm not going to do what you ask me to do because it is written. Well, who else used Scripture? Well, Satan used it, but he used it out of context. He used it in the wrong way. He twisted it. He read into it. He wanted it to say this, but Jesus is reading out from it. He's understanding it as God had intended for him to understand it. And so Bible study methods are crucial. But anyway, the Old Testament is authoritative, and the Old Testament is imperishable, Jesus pointed out. Matthew 5, 17 and 18. Let's go to uh, that passage. I actually believe that we went over this uh, last Sunday, but Matthew 5, 17 And as we turn there, please understand this is very relevant, right? There is so much that from the Word of God we could preach about this morning or try to understand in context of what we're going through. But I want you to understand with all that's going on, we come back to the basics, understand the Word of God is what we go to. And it doesn't change. No matter what our culture says, 
We trust the word of God. And we live by the word of God. Don't let the culture cause you to think that the word of God is less valuable than it was when Jesus was alive. Because look, Jesus says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke, jot or tittle, shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. There's a lot of things that won't last, but the word of God stands forever. And so Jesus Christ affirmed that it is authoritative, that it is imperishable. Here we find in Matthew 5, 17 and 18, it's imperishable. And he affirmed also the coming of the New Testament. So John 14, let's go to John. John 14, we should be aware. John 14 is, is where Jesus, on the night of the Last Supper, he is giving his detailed, this John, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, is writing out the words that Jesus shared, the teaching that Jesus shared in detail the night of the Last Supper. And so John 14, 26, and there's a lot about the Holy Spirit here that we find and Jesus is saying, but the helper, the paraclete, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Now, specifically and most importantly to the disciples that they would remember this very conversation and this very statement by Jesus because the Holy Spirit would remind them and help them to understand and write down exactly what God wanted them to write down. In 1613, we're jumping again. There's more context there. <laughs> but 1613, but when he, the Holy, uh, the Spirit, sorry, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So not only what you have heard, disciples, but what will come. And I want you to understand that not only for the disciples, but all those, the prophets of God, at this time when God spoke through them, if they were a true prophet, was a very word of God. And what we have before us today is exactly the word of God. Now there's higher textual criticism which, where they try to come in and they try to throw away everything because, oh, this is man, this is man, this is man's idea. So they come down and they find nothing could be credible. But we know it's all more than credible. It is God's word, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. But the Holy Spirit here is truth, and the Holy Spirit is uh, God the Spirit, and he will guide them and teach them and help them to remember what to put down. Look at 1613, but when he, the Spirit of truth, already, we already looked at it. <laughs> but we find here, not only that Jesus verifies the word of God and validates the word of God and points to its infallibility, but also uh, through the Holy Spirit as well as through uh, God's chosen. And they verify its inspiration. Um, there, we're behind just a little bit. Jesus verifies its infallibility. 
And then God's chosen verifies its inspiration. The disciples, the apostles, uh, verified Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, as well as miracles and the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.1. I want you to understand, these are just little pieces, morsels of a wider range of a bag of candy that declares the infallibility of the Word of God, okay? I have just chosen a few little morsels out of the whole Word of God to point out these truths, okay? There's more. And if we were going to do this right, we'd spend some time, like we do in Sunday school, and go over these truths along with all the other ones, all the other passages that I am failing to bring before you this morning. But 1 Corinthians 9, 1. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? Here what we have is Paul. And so, just a little side note as we, we uh, continue here. Paul, uh, yes, he did see Jesus. Where? The road to Damascus. And so we could go through the list of what validates an apostle. Someone who saw the risen Savior. Okay? Someone who had been there. Someone who could uh, point to the truth as a first-hand witness of his, not only his, his death and burial, but his resurrection. So Paul is, is an apostle as well, and Peter verifies what Paul wrote. And so can we trust what Paul writes in the New Testament? So this is, all comes back to the reality. Can we trust the letters of Paul, as well as the rest of the New Testament, as well as the Gospels, absolutely, yes, praise the Lord. And so, 2 Peter 3.15, Peter verifies what Paul wrote, and therefore helps to verify and validate the infallibility and the inspiration of Scripture. Not only there, but in 2.20-21. But the Bible guides His people through His Spirit. And so we got into this just a little bit uh, this morning, actually, in Sunday school. It was brought up, you know, and, and we don't, <laughs> we're out of time. <laughs> so we'll come back and, and continue this uh, in a couple of weeks because we have a missionary coming. But the Bible guides His people through His Holy Spirit. That is, the Holy Spirit illumines Scripture. John 16, 12 through 15, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 3, 2. Okay? That is, the Holy Spirit helps us understand the Word of God and convicts us as we study the Word of God. And when we talk about right Bible study methods, which we're not going to get in today, into today, part of that, most essentially, is our time spent in prayer as we study His Word, as we talk to the Lord. And so, in brief, okay, um, we're going to look here uh, in a couple weeks at the importance of the Holy Spirit, uh, guidance, importance of how God has brought teachers and preachers to, to help us uh, to, to glean from the Word, but they're guided by the Holy Spirit, okay? Hopefully, 
Are there wolves in sheep's clothing? Yes. Now, I tell people, I like, and, and my, the youngsters, that I like to use version, the Bible app, right? Uh, because it's something, everybody has their phone, and you have the Word of God there. Now, there's Bible study uh, uh, tools there and Bible study plans that you can follow. But we have to be careful. There are some people that don't accurately handle the Word of Truth. So, Second Timothy, going back, we have to cut it straight. Paul was a tent maker. And, and for you carpenters or you people that work with leather especially, right? That's what they work with leather. Uh, work with cloth. If you cut something wrong, it's going to throw the whole thing off, right? With carpentry, if you take a piece of wood and you cut it, and then you use that as the next one to guide you on the next cut, that piece of wood. And then you use the next one, you're going to start growing in length. You've got to go back to that original piece. Okay? What I'm saying is we have to be careful. We can get off when we don't even think we're off. And we, have to have, we need to make sure that we have proper Bible study methods. Um, and there are people that don't believe that this is an inspired word of God that may do Bible study uh, notes. Right? And so we have to be very careful that we follow uh, those who we trust. And even if you trust them, like Pastor Lee, we can even be wrong. Not me, other people. Yes, me. I can get it wrong. Okay? So Warren Wiersbe, he could get it wrong. John MacArthur could. But what's not wrong? I'm not saying they do. They can. But this is never wrong. I'm fallible. They're fallible. This is infallible. Okay? But let's get in the Word of God. And the Word of God is reliable. And it is accurate and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword or scalpel or whatever. Right, And it can just cut out that sin in our lives, and we pray that it will. It can give us the guidance we need in a culture gone mad, in a world still lost and searching. Some of them aren't searching. We pray they will search, and that there will be people there with the right answers pointing them, not just to the Bible, but where does the Bible turn us to, point us to? The Lord Jesus Christ. We don't worship the Bible, we worship Jesus. That's Jesus and the Father have given us the Word of God. And so, with that, where's our application? Because I'm only halfway through the message. Again, we come to the fact, individuals, we have to make sure we don't let time get away from us and that we're not distracted so much that we neglect God's Word. Okay. If you have friends, spend time with the wor- in the Word with them or talk about the Word with them. Couples, married couples, or couples going to get married. Get into the Word of God. Spend time together. Even if it's, I know many of you are busy. You're not like Pastor Lee. If I get behind, I'll just say, oh, this is part of my life. And so I'm just going to wait until I get out to the office. I'm going to spend some time with my wife and read scripture and pray with my wife. 
I want to challenge you, whatever you have to do, do it so that you couples can be in the Word together. And then as parents, even if it's less than five minutes, we need to read some Scripture, talk about Scripture, and pray with our kids. Preferably before they march out the door to school or march out the door for the afternoon when they're going to be playing or doing chores outside. Some of us, we really like being outside. I like my study, but it's nice to have therapy outside, okay? Because with all the craziness in this world, we need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer and prayer and prayer and prayer. But we need to know what the truth is. Not only do we need to know what the truth is, but the world needs to know what the truth is. And if we don't know, then who's going to tell them? Praise the Lord, the Word of God is placed in, through the Gideons and, and hotels still, hopefully, pray that that is, so they can read the Word and the Holy Spirit can convict them. But the point being, let's know the Word, let's live the Word, let's proclaim the Word to the world. All right? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for not only your patience with us, not only your grace and that, that you forgive those of us who turn to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of our sins by faith, but you have given us your word in written form. We thank you. Not only that you've given us your word, but you've given us your spirit, those of us who have believed, and you've, you've uh, through your spirit, enable us to understand it, not only understand it, but that your spirit is at work convicting us, guiding us, comforting us. We thank you. Ask, Lord, that you would guide each one of us as we go out this week. It has been very crazy for many of us uh, with, with, you know, planting coming up, calving, graduations, uh, track meets, uh, this and that, work. Help us to, to be dedicated and to know how to take that extra time to spend in the Word, not only as individuals, but as groups. And not only that we would spend time in your Word as groups, but that we would be in prayer, Lord. Not just so that we could know your Word, but that we would live it so that we're equipped for every good work. That is, Lord, that we'd be sensitive to your leading. Help us to understand what it is you want us to do, that we would uh, follow your guidance and do your will in our communities, in our states. Help us, Lord. We need you. We ask, Lord, your blessing as we continue today to worship you. Thank you that we could spend some time here this morning studying your word as well as fellowshipping. So guide our conversation. Uh, help us uh, to know how to encourage one another through your word, uh, from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we have some young men come forward?